Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. For more information on Disciple of City, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have questions, please email us at information at discipleofcity.ca. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please click and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening with and follow us along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. Hey friends, why not be encouraged every day with testimonies of moments of prayer, healing, salvation, and freedom through deliverance by downloading the United Hive app. You can post and share encounters you're having and follow others you know as the gospel is being shared all over the planet. The United Hive app is free and a great way to continually be encouraged to fulfill the Great Commission. My guest today has worked at the Toronto City Mission, had a lengthy stint as the Executive Director at Kawartha Youth Unlimited, which is Youth for Christ, and has recently moved on to another chapter of his life. I've been able to travel with him, and we've both shared in great experiences of God. And here to share his story is Guy Freeman. Hey, my friend. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very well. Awesome. Thanks for coming by the studio today, bro. Oh, man. I love you so much. <laughs> love you're you such, too, bro. You're such a good guy. I've been, it's so weird to be answering questions rather than asking questions. And so, so if I ask you lots of questions, uh, you know, this may become the Todd Show, which it really it is, right? The Todd the Todd podcast. So. It really may turn the tables of what's supposed to happen today, hey? Yeah, especially some of your experiences at Jesus School over in Australia. Well, that's that's why you're here, bro, to talk about some of those things, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, man, thanks for coming in. Lots, uh, lots. I'd love to chat with you about today your your experiences in ministry and what you're transitioning to in your life now. Um, but uh, just give us a little background on how you grew up in the church and sort of where your heart was with Jesus when you were when you were young or what, what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a <clears throat> household that uh, we went to to church, you know, the major holidays, I guess, Easter and Christmas, and uh, had just a wonderful upbringing, really. Um, actually, I had a, a good a good friend that was um, came from the Mormon background, and he'd always talk about his faith, and so there's always something mystical about something that was greater than myself, and... Uh, um, and then I went to one Christmas. Actually, no, it was Christmas, it was Easter. I went to a United Church in Brighton with my family. And I just, there's something, when you walked into the church and saw the cross, there was something that was significant that kind of hit me and said, there's something significant about that. You know, they weren't necessarily preaching it from the front, but it was significant. And so that really started a journey of me just asking questions and asking God, like, are you there? Are you real? And uh, had some friends in high school that um, these two girls, um, beautiful, but as a grade nine, grade ten kid, there was something more than that. Uh, they walked with confidence. There was something that they had that I wanted. Um, it was it was spiritual, you know. There's something there that they had, and they uh, had a tremendous impact in my life. And then, um, yeah, my sister went to Graphite uh, Bible Camp and came back and talked about Jesus. And I'm like saying, okay, Renee, this is more than really we need. But there's something that, that God used in that. And it was just felt like he was chasing after me. Um, you know, I was one of these kids growing up that I had everything, right? I had a good upbringing, solid family, um, played hockey, you know, popular. So like I, there wasn't, I was a good kid. I was the one that never really got disciplined at home, but there's something that was missing. And, uh, and so as my journey continued, um, God continued to reveal, reveal himself to me. Um, you know, one time I was at, uh, when I went to McMaster, I'm walking in the middle of the campus and this woman comes up to me, um, an Asian woman, and she just stopped and said, do you want to have a Bible study? Just randomly out of the blue? I mean, 
Yeah, right out of the page, you know, one of the pages from Disciple City Book. You know, <laughs> it was like, it's like, and it was weird, like for her to have that boldness to come up to like this guy walking through the campus, and I end up going. Um, weird thing is, is for anybody that's like discouraged by when they share their faith with someone. I think I showed up half the time when we had the Bible studies. I, I thought, is this like crazy? Is this kind of some kind of cult? Um, but it had such a huge impact on me. She started with Genesis, and we're just kind of going through Genesis. And as I reflect on my life, I think how much Genesis is so important to the gospel message. And it was just a great starting place. So th- those... Uh the girls, like in high school and stuff, when you said like there was something about them, were they like friends, acquaintances, like a bigger friend group that you were just around and and trying to figure out what it was, or or yeah. or was it just like you know there were people in your life, and then your sister with the camp, and these things just started adding up. Yeah, they're they're definitely they were somewhere they're kind of acquaintances in class. Yeah. Um, and then my sister, that was a separate thing. Yeah. So it was just things building up, making you want to search. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then I end up uh, dating a girl that was Christian and going to her church. And I remember, um, as I came to the door, there was a pastor standing outside the door and he, he remembered my name. Like it went a couple of times and he remembered my name. And I thought, wow, this guy like remembered my name. See, that's why I can't be a pastor. I'm terrible. <laughs> you meet so many people and <laughs> I can forget in like five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's amazing how that, those kind of things really make a difference because you kind of want to be known, right? And what a beautiful example of Jesus that is. So um, how long did you attend that Bible study? Like for the whole semester or school year? It's a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I would say probably the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I remember them having a nice like dinner for me as I, I was finishing up at Mac and I just, I wish I could find her again just to say thank you. So you started, so you, you dated a girl that was a Christian, started attending church. So at this point you, you're considering yourself obviously a Christian. No. Oh, you weren't. No, I, I wasn't. Um, I was. I was still asking God questions, but I, I felt like in my heart, I wasn't committing. Like I, I really wanted to be part of like, I wanted the good things of the world, but I also kind of like was this hidden kind of seeker, I guess, of lack of a better term. I didn't feel like maybe God had changed my heart at that point, but he definitely, I could tell that he had my, his hands all over me in a positive way, you know? So what, um, when you were dating that girl and going to church, what did, did something happen there? Or was, what was some examples of how God was touching you more while you were doing that or drawing you in? I just think that it was, there wasn't anything like I could say I could put my fingers on, but I would just say that there's a sense that, that, that I was realizing that God was real and he had a plan, but I, I wasn't quite sure what was next. Like, I didn't understand what prayer really was, right? I remember asking the question, like, is there a book on prayer, you know? And, and so it really wasn't until, you know, I, I was still at university. I went from McMaster to uh, University of Windsor, did my business there. And I started to go to church a couple times as well. And I remember going into the residence that I was in, and uh, there was a in this guy's, these guys across the hall, they had a, uh, a poster of Billy Graham event. And it wasn't because they were pro Billy Graham, it was because they're making fun of, of Billy Graham. That's why it was up there. But even in that, there was this conviction that hit me when I saw that sign. And so I continued to ask those questions, but I, I had, so I had the kind of this one foot kind of in the world and one foot um, kind of just, I remember seeing the Christians on campus and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm really ready to kind of like throw myself at this. Cause I realized that being a follower of Jesus is something that you give your whole, your whole life to. And it wasn't until I finished university that I, I got invited to a church 
actually my mom was invited to a church and uh, I came with her and uh, that was Calvary Baptist in Oshawa and I I uh, end up getting invited to the college and career group and I went there and so I started this kind of journey um, of kind of like some sort of commitment so what ha- what what happened what was the pinnacle was there a pinnacle moment of where you just decided to commit or what uh, what did that look like yeah um, it was probably that that fall I decided that I'm going to commit my that I felt like it was time to commit myself to Jesus and uh, yeah and it just like, everything kind of all those kind of desires that I had that were um, kind of for lack of a term, kind of worldly, I guess is the bad word, but uh, dropped off. I mean, at that time, even, you know, they said, you know, you shouldn't drink. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, it wasn't even a big deal. Like, even you could debate that now. But the point was, at that time, I just wanted more Jesus. Like, I just, it wasn't about what I couldn't have. It was about what I wanted. Right. It was more Jesus. And that just started this kind of journey. So was that the that was the kind of church background that you kind of started out with was Yeah, kind of it was, you know, free Methodist, Baptist kind of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what uh what drew you into going into ministry? Or like when you finished school, what what did you do? Did you get into ministry right away or were you working other jobs or like can you tell us about this Toronto City Mission? Yeah, can I back up just a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so that same fall, there's a there's a couple, an older couple that would take me out for lunch every Sunday, and it was this couple that invited my mom, and so I would just sit there with like four seniors every Sunday having chili, and uh, just their investment. So if anybody's here that's older that feels that they can they make an impact on a young person, it was so important, and uh, even to this day, I I, I I spoke at his funeral. Um, but anyways, I went off to work on a cruise ship for, and they were really worried. Like, how's it going to be working on a cruise ship? You know. So they prayed for me, and uh, so when I arrive in San Juan, um, my roommate was a Christian, and every night I slept to gospel music. With your roommate. Yeah. Like, it was just like, at that point, I realized, okay, God is not just a God from Canada. It was like a, a God of this world. Like, I was now outside of kind of the safety of home, and God was still there, and I got to pray with people in different languages, and it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Has a plan. He has a plan. Puts people in there. That's really decent. No coincidence, eh, bro? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So after that, um, yeah, this Toronto City Mission, or how, how did you, uh, how did you get started into like full time ministry? Yeah, so I was working for an IT company, um, and I was going downtown, and so I started to take courses at Tyndale, um, and you know, the church I went to is very much focused on. They really emphasize mission, and I was on the missions board, and there's this sense of kind of like maybe mission is something that I want to do vocationally. And so I had to end up writing a paper on church and mission partnerships. And this idea of like, what does it look like for the local church to be involved in the community in a positive way? And so I end up in a partnership with uh, Toronto city mission. Uh, so they worked in communities um, and this is just, and I partnered with a church, uh, Browtown Park Church in Scarborough, and just uh, started working in that community. And so, what do they do? Like, what does Toronto City Mission do? Just like gets right into the community? Is it helping with food or spending time with people, or what is it? Yeah, it uh, like what I did was we they generally work with young people, so they run a lot of day camps, and uh, but they work with adults as well, but primarily young people in kind of disadvantaged communities. And kind of we, we actually moved to Scarborough at Young and Finch. And um, I remember, yeah, families that we knew 
were like saying, are you guys crazy? Like, you're taking your family to Scarborough? It's so funny, eh? It's okay to go to Haiti, but you're going to Scarborough? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, but really felt like called to go there. Um, one interesting story, we... We had like one block. We wanted to find a house so our kids can go in the school because there's a school and then there's a church right, right, right beside each other, basically, in a park. And so we were looking for a house that was in that community. And we, we wanted to, just had this vision, we wanted a, an end unit townhouse that wasn't a condo because everything's a condo in that area. And so maybe there's maybe two or three of those houses in that whole block. And we needed something that was kind of fixer up so we could afford to live there and one came up and it was exactly that way it was yeah both churches our home church in Oshawa and the one in Scarborough helped basically renovate the place in like two weeks and like literally tore out the rugs the bathrooms the kitchen everything was done with two or three weeks it was unbelievable so our kids were um Actually, we put our kids in the school right there, and um, they were young. And and uh, I remember staying at the corner of, I don't know, it's like near Ward and Finch, just thinking, am I crazy? Like, what did we just do? I took a one-year leave of absence from my corporate job. And, uh, yeah, so we, we just, we didn't leave. We were there for seven years and just loved the people there. So you took a year of absence so you could really, like, Focus in on this Toronto City mission, or yeah, yeah. So, what? Uh, how did you get into YFC? Then, what was the, what was the switch over from there? Yeah, so um, I think it was a time when we felt like it was we were kind of getting pulled from that role. Um, God was doing something, and uh, we became friends with Tim Coles who is now the national director with YFC, but at that time he was the executive director at Kawartha. And he was saying he was changing his role, and he asked me if I would apply. And it's funny, because the time that I saw him, I said, Tim, I'm thinking about making a change. Um, and I wasn't in- insinuating that I wanted a job or anything. It was just, and he goes, oh, that's weird, because I was going to talk to you the same today. Well, how did you meet him? If you, was he, in, he was obviously in Peterborough, right? Was he? Yeah, he's in Peterborough. I met him at our cottage area, so he was just happened to be in the same trailer park, and we kind of ran each other on the beach, and we got to know their family. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of the the connection. But when we were trying to decide whether we should we should move or not, um, we prayed, and I I I, um, I saw this missionary letter. Do you ever get those missionary letters? There's always a Bible verse on it, like you get in the mail. And so this missionary letter I got had been sitting in my pile of stuff for maybe 10 years. Um, I don't know if you have those kind of piles or not, but... I might have a couple of those yeah. piles. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I take this thing and I think, Nikki, we're going to open this up. And if this, uh, this verse on this is something that's going to give us an idea of what we're going to do. So I open this thing up and... Uh, the Bible verse, and just looking it up here, is in First uh, uh, Deuteronomy, uh, chapter one, verse six. Now, of course, it's probably uh, misinterpreting it, but the whole point is that this is an indication, right? And it says, "The Lord our God said to us in Harib, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites.'" Anyways, that was the verse. And we're like, okay, I guess it's time to change this journey. So that was kind of a cool cool indicator. I mean, that wasn't the full thing, but that was kind of a neat kind of thing. Okay, Lord, you're talking to us. Just a reinforcement yeah. of something that's been sitting there that you hadn't read for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's good to leave things hanging around, right? Yeah. yeah. Comes out at the appropriate time. Yeah. So, okay, so you made that decision. You moved your family up to Peterborough area, Kawartha, where you are now. Yeah. And so what was that like getting into that, getting into that role for you? 
It was good. I really because like, you obviously left your job in the in the corporate world at this point. I'm assuming you left yeah. your job in the corporate world to do this. Well, I left the job corporate world. I went into work for for the church in Toronto City Mission, and then um, after that, I then I moved to Peterborough to become the director, and uh, had a, some good mentors involved in that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it was really good. Like it was an opportunity to kind of like just again, get focused on making sure the organization was about Jesus. I mean, that was a great thing about Youth for Christ. <laughs> There's no offense at, at Youth for Christ when you say we need to direct people to Jesus. So that's the beautiful thing of Youth for Christ is we really believe, at Youth for Christ, we really believe that it's Jesus that changes lives. There's lots of things that we can do. We can come alongside them. We can feed them. We can tutor kids. We can you know, provide counseling, whatever it is, that at the end of the day, it's the gospel that actually changes lives. And so, how do you not like that? Yeah. And so that really, that, that grew, right? That was, that was beyond just the office. Like, you would have immediately stepped into the role where you were the executive director over the satellite uh, offices as well? Yeah. Yeah, at that time, I think we had 15 to 20 staff at that time. And how many offices? Like from when I... I think six, five or six. Oh, so it was well established when you stepped in there. Yeah, when Tim when Tim left, he really, he kind of, he left in a good good place. And this was all around Kawartha Lakes. Yeah. So we had Lindsay and Bob Cajun and Finland Falls and Halliburton Minden and uh, Lakefield, Peterborough, of course, and we added uh, Bancroft. Yeah, so friends listening, that's a big area, kind of central Ontario-ish, with places up to, I don't know, hour, hour and a half from each other. So, um, Guy, I really want to chat about when you and I... Yes. <laughs> when you and I met and stuff like that, so... You you're you were in this position for a number of years before we met. That's when I started getting involved with what was birthing to become what Disciple City is now. Um, but I don't know, man. Let's just before we jump into it, some of the experiences that we shared on this trip. Um, had you ever like had you ever encountered God in a supernatural way or witnessed that kind of thing before we went on that trip yourself? You know, I think part of my journey, um, I would say that's been so positive in starting with going to Tyndale was I saw the breadth of of the church, like the big C church, right? From evangelical Anglicans to Baptist to, you know, just seeing God at work and different denominations. And I think I really didn't have a really good handle on what was happening among the spirit-filled churches. And um, in terms of maybe the term charismatic churches. And so that was, when we went off to Australia, um, I kind of walked into that, really didn't plan that. But it got me a new appreciation for uh, what the Holy Spirit was up to. And, and reflecting back and realizing that he had been with me the whole time and how he is changing lives. Whether that's changing someone's heart or just revealing himself in a really powerful way. And so when we went to Australia, that was pretty cool. I know you're setting me up, but that was that was pretty cool. Just teeing you up a little bit. Yeah. so friends just to sort of set the stage for what this was um four of us went to australia to uh youth for christ it was a youth for christ event if you will i guess called a jesus school which was uh, a 10-day school set at a in a camp type setting like with with buildings cabins that type of things teaching on identity and so I went, well, I was invited by you guys to go with you. And that was going with Adam Shepsky, who's 
testimonies on this podcast and Jen Klusterman, who's, I can't remember what episode it is, but in season one with Jen and Guy. And you and I didn't know each other that well. I guess I knew you from popping into the office and seeing you on the Tuesday night outreaches or whatever night we were doing outreaches and stuff. And uh, so we went down there and, and then really got to know each other. And for me, I didn't, I came to faith later in life, so I didn't really have very much of an understanding of the different denominations that you're talking about today or who believed what or, or why there was even different denominations. And I was actually also unaware that some denominations didn't believe what the other ones, you know, any kind of, I don't know if I'd use the word animosity, but yeah, doubt or whatever between denominations. I was oblivious to it. All I knew is that Jesus had become really very real in my life and I just wanted to know more and go deeper. So what, um, like nothing specific, but when you, what, 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 how were you impacted early on? If you can think back to that, to that trip, like what was kind of the first things that really hit you? Well, we went there to see if this school would be something we could use at YFC from a discipleship perspective. And so I was, I kind of had my eyes wide open to kind of see like kind of what this is all about. And so I spent the first few days with the leadership just hanging out before it started and uh, just seeing their love for God and the word uh, and how much time they spent in the Bible and, and just really thinking about what God is up to was really extraordinary. Um, so that really struck me. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we went and spent time together. And so that was the initial th- thoughts that they laid the foundation really well in terms of, okay, these guys are, are not just kind of living off emotions. They're, they're living it off of uh, truth. And the word, like we were talking yeah. in the green room, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then so that the style of worship was a bit different than I was used to, but it was totally fine because God was there. You could tell that God, God was there and he was doing something in me um, and the people around us. And so it kind of struck me that um, the gospel that we preach is bigger than we think it is. I think that's what really struck me. Um, you know, it, God's, yeah, it just changes us. And, and, you know, he asks us to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. And, and uh, but he doesn't leave us. It's just so much better than we, than just kind of, you know, knowing Jesus is our insurance policy. Yeah. As things started to unfold down there, did you feel doubt? Were, were, were like, were you having any kind of like uh, doubt of what you were seeing or, or stuff like that? No, not at all. Not at all. It was, I was pumped. I, yeah. I remember there was like one day I was just on my own. I just laying on my, like laying on my stomach and just like praying for God to continue to do work through me that I may impact others. So I know some people, I know some people there were having like, cause that's a big, right. When, especially when something supernatural starts to happen or if people are charismatic, that doubt comes into a lot of people. Is this really real? Are they doing this for show and different things? Right. So that's why I ask Cause I know other people were as well. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. I think because you're up co- close and personal. Um, sometimes you watch something on TV, you may go, oh, you know. But this way, it was up close and personal. Yeah. I know for me, all, a lot of that was all brand new. Okay. It was brand new for me, but I, like I said, I had no grid for it. So, you know, I... I was just open. I was just hungry. I just wanted to know. I just wanted him to reveal to me whatever he was willing to show me. If God is as great as we think he is and we can't put him in a box, 
then you got to be open to what he's up to. Yeah. And so, how exciting is that? Yeah. Yeah, so I remember we went, one time we went for an outreach. So I know just like Disciple City, like really train people to go out and and pray for people. And so we ended up in this um, this store and it was like a, it looked like a Halloween store, but basically this guy was selling a bunch of like um, horror kind of mannequins and carvings and, but it was all blood and like horror kind of stuff. And I remember having a conversation with him and we didn't really get too far in deep conversation around Jesus, but, but I remember standing there thinking, I told him, I said, well, you know, you've done such a good job with this stuff. Why don't you have a picture of, why don't you carve Jesus on, Jesus on the cross? And with his back all kind of, he's been whipped. And I said, but the power of that is that his blood changes lives. And so it's just kind of neat that, that that whole kind of school helped me kind of reveal to me about what is the impact of the blood of Jesus and changes people's lives. Yeah. Um, the whole time you were there, were you... Uh like still focused on why you were there in the sense of trying to see if this was something that you could bring to Canada? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And having, you know, some staff with me, like yourself and Jen Klusterman, that was really important. And we literally were able to kind of get it up and running, I think within six months. Did it happen the next year? Yeah. Or was it two years after? Was the next year, The next year. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty quick. Yeah, no, I think you're right, yeah. Because it was one of those things where you leave there and you think, I'm never going to see these people again, and then you do within a year. (laughs) Yeah. So what were your, what were your, uh, what were your feelings were kind of, not dancing around it yeah. but basically a lot of supernatural things happen at this school a lot of people encountered the holy spirit in a very tangible way there was a lot of uh like i don't know if it's the right word but manifestation of the holy spirit right like people laughing in the holy spirit i know it put me on the floor the presence of god put me on the floor just feeling the weight of his heart for the lost um people were really and the premise of it is they were teaching an identity Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people were were really touched so when you when you left there as you're processing because it was multiple things right teaching an identity evangelism going out and sharing the gospel but also encountering his presence and diving deep into the world or sorry diving deep into the word right um when you left when you left there what as you processed all those things what was the most impactful what was the most impactful thing on that trip for you based on how you grew up which was not in that type of environment the cool thing is it seems like god kind of knows me and <laughs> that he he's kind of led me to that point of understanding it wasn't offensive at all and it wasn't even a surprise but it was just exciting to, to see that the impact for me was again that the gospel was greater than I thought it was because I see people that are changed and sold out there's a difference between people coming to know Jesus and not changing but like people were actually coming out of that saying I want to give my life 110% to Jesus and whatever that looks like and then, so I'm, you know, we're thinking about running it here. And I'm like, how do you say no to that? Like the fruit was there. I think that was probably the big thing. And then seeing, you know, people get um, demons come out of people. That was kind of crazy. But that's not weird. Yeah. But just stuff you don't see every day. Well, maybe, maybe you see it every day. <laughs> 
Well, that's another that's another funny thing too, right? Is you can live in a place where you feel like that only happens in certain countries, or but like you say, when you went uh, on that cruise, you realized that God was global. It was beyond what you knew in your home, and and if the gospel's bigger than we think it is, then why wouldn't that be part of it in every country and everywhere and every person? Yeah. Yeah, so it just, yeah, maybe really think about the Holy Spirit and what he's up to and asking him to continue to work through me and through the people around us. So would you say that that trip changed you in the sense of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual realm and sort of adding that to your your faith? I don't know if I'd use the word add. I would say it, it woke it up. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, I needed uh, to be lit up a bit. So I think that's what, you know, the world needs to see, right? And when Jesus and Matthew, like, he spoke with authority. People knew that he had authority when he spoke. And uh, God has given us the ability to have that authority. And so those are the kind of things that I think that came out of that was that, we walk with this presence that can change lives. Just even if, you know, I remember seeing one of the leaders, Mark, I mean, you just see his eyes and you're like, you feel convicted. It sounds kind of mystical, but then the day is that people meet, God works through us, through people and relationships. And that also is that, I don't want to get onto this, but sometimes you, we talk about relationship building and the gospel, which is so important because we need to hear people's story. We need to get to know where they are so we can meet them. But at the end of the day is that God can change someone's life in a moment. We don't have to wait six months to, to have Jesus change their heart. Yeah. So God works in different ways. Does that make sense? Totally. 100%. So we come, we come home from that and and plan with everybody and, and do a Jesus school here. And a whole crew from Australia came up to help us facilitate and execute that properly. And what were your, what were your takeaways from the Canadian one? So I was with uh, YFC for 12 years. That was the best week. Um, in my mind, it, the takeaway was just, it was because we were part of it. We were able to kind of help organize that. I was able to kind of use this small little camp, Ukrainian Bible camp. And uh, it was it was significant. And the, and you could say, you know, I'm taught, I'm sure you even say on this broadcast that most of the people that went through that Jesus school have been transformed. Yeah. And we're not just saying that kind of like, flattery or whatever or pumping it up it's like these guys are like leading things now yeah so it was just significant and now we've seen like um disciple city continue to grow and this discipleship programs at yfc and things that are just kind of overflowing from that from that time i bet you we just so many things that have grown out of that out of that um that one week or worth of time yeah and a big thing i found with it is just understanding our identity which is all over scripture Mm -hmm. right it's all it's it's part of the word it's in the word but it's needs to be a huge emphasis in the message because that's what he died for right it's for us to know who we are and be free can i share a little quick story from that no course you can bro (laughs) so so if if i'm not clear please please tell me okay so um we were at uh a jesus school and so they had a kids program and so it was my turn to kind of help out and jen was there too and i'm like i really want to be part of the main session and anyways i'm working with the kids and then jen puts has an exercise with the kids just talking about like hearing god's voice so Jen said, okay, well, close your eyes and just imagine if Jesus was there with a treasure box 
and you had to open that box, what is he saying? So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just close my eyes. And immediately, I'm taking back to my home in Hampton. And I'm there with like a really kind of uh, a moment in my life that I was dealing with some health problems and discussing with my mom and my sister. And that I was in that moment for a second. And then he takes me across the street for our first house. And I'm in my, my parents' bedroom, which was always safe, right? And uh, Jesus is there when he hands me this, this treasure box. So I go into my room, shut the door. Actually, I don't know if I shut the door. I went in the room. I open this thing up. And it is a, um, uh, um, what do you call it when uh, a test tube? It's a test tube. And it's orange. I'm like, so I've been a diabetic since I was 10. And so back then, you used to check your sugar levels using urine and your test tube. And if it was blue, it was really good. Scored. If it was orange, it was high in sugar. And so I see this. So I'm like, this is what you're giving me? And then immediately, I, get, I'm, I find myself at Horanda Camp, which was a camp for diabetic kids camp I had a really rough week uh, when I was there when I first became a diabetic because I always lied on the form with the nurses that it was blue so dumb right you're a 10 year old like what are you thinking but I you know every night I wet the bed I was mosquitoes would bother me I couldn't sleep because my sugar levels were really high and um, so I was crying all the time every, like at night time and so my parents picked me up. And so the scene in the store is my parents picking me up and Jesus saying, I was there. And uh, so even through the very tough times in life, even, even back then, he was with me. Mm. And so that was really significant. And that was like, and then suddenly I opened my eyes. And I'm like, okay, you can't make this stuff up. And, uh, and so that's really, really encouraging me that you ask God, reveal yourself. Sometimes it doesn't reveal yourself in triumph. He reveals your, himself. So he re- reveals himself in times when you didn't think he was even close. Yeah. Speaks to you when you get stretched and, like you said, you wanted to be part of the main session, but... You wouldn't have heard that message in there. No. So, so I know we went off on a tangent there, but I just wanted to kind of point that out, that even in the midst of that, God is kind of doing work in each of us, not just kind of hearing things. He's like, he meets us in a very personal way. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a good kid session. Yeah, it sounds like it was it would have been a good session yeah. with them. Yeah. I know. When the teachers change, you know, it's like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So Guy, you're uh you're into a new chapter of your of your life right now. So um what uh how are you being stretched by him now and what are you looking forward to in the next little bit? Yeah, I've it's been such a great process of just kind of thinking, what is next? Because we kind of jumped from Toronto City Mission to Youth for Christ really, well, it wasn't quickly, but it felt like there wasn't really a lot of time in between that. And just asking God, what is next? And it's been just um, just beautiful. And so we're getting some opportunities to teach uh, college at the at the local college level and, and uh, be able to do some volunteering and uh, opportunity to actually share Jesus more than sometimes when you're in a leadership position, um, you have less time to be sharing Jesus, or at least I didn't make an intention. Sometimes you get you, you get involved in so much of uh, kind of moving pieces around. So it's been great to be able to share Jesus more. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I, last year I had a concussion for a year, and so God was really teaching me a lot of that through that too. So it's been neat to kind of just. You know, the gospel that we carry actually is real enough that impacts us, even when we go through a difficult time. Like, it's not about having everything 
perfect, but he gives us this peace that we can give away. He gives us um, forgiveness that we can give away. He gives us joy that we can give away. He gives us love that we can give away. Because, you know, I used to tell this at YFC to our staff. That, uh, you know, we need to be spend time with God because he needs to fill us up so we can give it away. Like, we can't go in there expecting to pull something from someone else. This is about us giving something away freely. That's what it's going to look like in heaven. Like, everybody is going to be given to each other unconditionally. What a beautiful picture that is. And so, God has given us that ability to fully give us away, give things away because he fills our cup, even when it doesn't look like it is. Yeah. So that's beautiful, uh, beautiful picture. And, you know, talking about identity, I've been reading in first Corinthians. If you just read first Corinthians, the very first chapter and you don't walk away going, you're amazed of identity. He calls us a saint. He calls us called. Um, he says that we are enriched in everything. Like he says, we're enriched in everything of Jesus. Like he's, He's basically, he's given us favor. He's given us his peace. Like, if you just read that, you kind of go, you're basically saying that we're not mere humans. Like, people don't want to hear that in the world, but we're actually, as believers, we're not, we're not mere humans. Like, we're actually something much greater. So why are we not showing that off? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So true, eh? Yeah, that's why he was giving a hard time to the, you know, to the the church there. It's like, why are you guys like um, acting like mere humans? That's what he says in chapter three. Like, you know, like why? Um, there's this. Uh, uh, I was reading somewhere. It said uh, the difference between cooperation and collaboration. So. Um, and the secular word, when I say secular word, is not a good word. But when you get into like teamwork, so teamwork is collaboration. Is one plus one equals like two, three, or four, right? Because you have two people working together really well, you should have synergy, which is three or four or five people. Well, cooperation is one plus one equals one. It's just like okay, you do your part, I do my part, in silos, and then just to get the job done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the church is about collaboration. It's about us truly knowing each other and working together to the point of giving ourselves away. And then you like, that's empowered by the spirit of God. Like it should be just exploding. So that's, that's what I love about that, that letter. Yeah. So that's what's been kind of influenced me recently, just to answer your question. That's what kind of like I've been thinking about. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, good luck to you in all what's uh, what's upcoming in the next little while. Thank you. In the community colleges and the ability to share the gospel even more than you did even before. Hey. Amen. <laughs> Dude, I had a, a final question for you, man. Um, with with all your experiences over your life of being drawn to people that had something that you wanted, you didn't know what it was, but there was something about them that you wanted, like those girls in high school, the experience your sister had at Graphite and, and so on. And then growing up in those different denominations and not really knowing there was something with the spirit, but you know, not really being too sure. And then seeing all that stuff and having your spiritual connection with the Lord being awoken. Um, If you had an opportunity to guide somebody young to experience that sooner or that they were maybe struggling with that, what would you say to them? We had a, a staff person that came to me um, and he was sharing us. Uh, he, he was sharing his testimony to a young young guy at the bridge. And uh, he said he was sharing the gospel with this young guy. And um, the guy's going, "Well, okay, he just doesn't get it, right?" And he goes, "Because you need to believe. 
You need to believe in Jesus. You need to experience him yourself. And then you realize, right? I think the thing is I'd tell a young person is that you need to put yourself out there. You know, you need to put yourself in situations that you don't have all the answers. That you need to really trust God. Um, that he is the one that is going to help you through that. And you have to be able to have a story to be able to share that it is God that did this. It's a God is the one that does it as we believe in him. That's what I would say. Awesome, bro. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for coming in and sharing your story today. Thank you for the opportunity. And all the best in the future. And thank you for the opportunity, actually, for being one of the crew that brought me down there because that experience down there uh, really did change my life and my that really awoke in the spirit in me. And uh, you were there to witness it, so you're a big part of my story too, bro. Ah, uh, thank you. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. The gospel is bigger than we know. It is, it is so true. I just we just want to encourage you to be hungry for more of Him. This is a lifetime journey with a learning curve that is on a straight line up. If he's the Alpha and the Omega, then we can never really truly know all of him. So the the learning and the growth just keeps coming and coming and coming. So again, I just encourage you to be open to him and just ask him to show you more. more of your identity, more of who you are. There is freedom in Christ. 